Well, Merry Christmas. <clears throat> I know it's throwing you off this morning that we don't have an intermission. You're like, well, this feels awkward. I know. Uh, don't worry. It'll be an uh, abbreviated service today. Um, but we're so glad you could be here to celebrate Christmas with us. Um, and what a Christmas gift, isn't it? With this few people, you actually got a parking spot within six blocks, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, right? Yeah. Um, Hey, I'm going to pray and then uh, just share a couple, a couple thoughts with you this morning. Let's pray. Oh God, we do have so much to celebrate this morning uh, as we focus our attention upon the incredible gift of Jesus. So we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the gift that you've given us in him. That God, you've sent your one and only son to dwell among us. So God, would you open our hearts to that this morning? Thank you, God, for this crew this morning that is uh, just joined together to be reminded of your love for us, to be reminded of why we celebrate Christmas. So, God, would you speak to us specifically and individually? Uh, we, we come with just a variety of <clears throat> things going on in our lives. Uh, for some of us, it's a really celebratory time, and for others of us, it's a real time of grief and sorrow um, and, and bad memories. So, you know it all, God, and so we lay that all down before you, and we trust you. God, I do pray just that um, you would give me the words to say this morning and bring to mind the things you want me to say and remove the things that you don't want me to say. We give you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I want you to think about, uh, even this morning for some of you kids, you opened up a Christmas present and there was such joy because you've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and finally you got what you wanted. Am I right? Some of you are mad because you didn't get what you wanted. Not, not my fault, but uh, I, I think that's the case with all of us, right? You, you, when you wait for something for so long, when you finally get it, it's like, oh, there's such joy, such excitement, such celebration. And that, that's for all sorts of things in our life, for things that you're waiting for. It, it, for some of you, when you're waiting for a job, oh, finally a job comes through, there's such celebration for, for healing, for deliverance, for sobriety, for you, even like a, a spouse, just waiting for a spouse and God provides that. It's like, oh, what, what a celebration, or a child, or, I mean, there's so many things that we could, we could list, right, where you wait, and you wait, and you wait, and you wait, and when you wait a long time, and finally that thing is given, there's just such, such celebration. Now, this year, I received something that I've been waiting my entire life for. Now, I made a mention last week that I'm a giant Cubs fan. I've been a Cubs fan my entire life. <laughs> really. <laughs> uh, I went to my first Cubs game when I was six, but no one told me when I was six years old and went to my first Cubs game that I was going to be signing up for uh, decades of heartache and sorrow. <laughs> right? So I, I waited my entire life for the Cubs to world, win a World Series, where year after year, they're known as the lovable losers, where they'd find a way to lose, find a way to screw it up. And here's the thing, not only had I been waiting my entire lifetime, that the folks, uh, the generation ahead of me, had also been waiting their entire life for the Cubs to win a World Series. Not only that, the generation prior to them had waited their entire lives for the Cubs to win a World Series. See, the Cubs up to this year hadn't won a World Series since 1908. That is 108 years, the longest drought in sports history of uh, winning a World Series. They hadn't even been to the World Series since 1945 for even an opportunity to win the World Series. So, needless to say, to my surprise, when the Cubs started winning this year, 
And there's always a party that doesn't want to get hopeful because they've let you down year after year. So they start a win, and you're like, they could actually do this. No, 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 they're not going to do it. They could do it. They make it to the playoffs, and they keep winning in the playoffs. And all of a sudden, they find themselves going to the World Series. Like, this is unbelievable. As a Cubs fan, you, just, you don't even know what to do with yourself because they made it to the World Series. And it goes to game seven. The last game, it's all tied up three to three. The first one to win four games wins the World Series. And again, I hadn't just been waiting all season for this game, for them to win the World Series. I've been waiting my lifetime and the lifetime of those that have gone before me. Game seven, and it goes into extra innings, back and forth, back and forth. They tie it up. My heart's stopping. My heart's going fast. I'm hyperventilating. And all of a sudden, after a rain delay, the Cubs come back, and they win. And I was beside myself. Now, to prove it, I'm going to show you a video here. But I'm going to tell you this. This is slightly embarrassing. But you can consider this a gift for showing up on Christmas morning. <laughs> Don't be fooled. The high-pitched voice is mine. Um, and it probably would have been worse had I not been trying to keep it quiet so my whole house wouldn't have woken up. And so I want to show you, this is how excited I was for the Cubs to finally win a World Series. And here it is. Britain, I'm right here. Um, the video didn't load, so I wanted to do a real-life reenactment of it because I was in the room, actually. And he was. So I, I uh, having witnessed it and having shown it to multiple, multiple people since from my phone, um, would love to actually show you guys real life what this looked like and sounded like. Please do. Who, who am I playing? Am I playing myself or am I no, playing? I'm going to play you. All right. Well, okay. This should be good. That was pretty accurate, right? <laughs> that was even down a couple octaves than probably what it, what it really was. But the point being, <laughs> I mean, it's, you studied that video for a long time, didn't you? <laughs> There's a lot of, the hand motions were right on the money too, yeah. That was pretty good. The point being that there's such joy and excitement for the things that we receive that we're waiting for a long time. And, and that is definitely the case with the first Christmas, where God's people have been waiting for so long for the things that God promised. They promised, God had promised a savior, promised a rescuer, promised a king, promised someone was going to deliver them from their oppression, rescue them from their sins. And they're waiting, and they're waiting, and they're waiting. And finally that this gift is given. And this is how one of the ways that he's described it. You turn to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. 
And right at the beginning there, he promises a child. For unto us a child is born. Now, here's the thing about most of the gifts that we receive. Parents, you, you know this to be true. You ask your kid, what do you want? And you spend all this money, and they're super excited this morning. In about six to eight weeks, it's going to be in the basement somewhere. Not thought of, right? Now, it's a, a lot of times with our gifts, it, the, the, the luster of it wears off. And um, even that can be the case, honestly, sometimes, unfortunately, like in a marriage. Where it's like, oh, it's going to be the best thing ever. It's, it's going to get companionship and love and all these things, which is true. But it, if you don't put forth the effort, that kind of dwindles away. The honeymoon phase dwindles away. And you're like, eh, it's not as cool as it once was. But I think the point is, if you realize the gift that you've been given in Christ, it is a gift that doesn't disappoint. But it, I be honest, right? I think probably some of you this morning is like, you're here out of obligation, and that's cool. I'm glad you're here. But your, your relationship with Jesus isn't what it once was. Maybe there was once a time of a ton of excitement, a ton of joy, and now it's like, I kind of tried that and it didn't really work out. He didn't deliver the way I wanted him to. Like, you wanted him to deliver joy, and like, uh, it didn't happen the way you wanted to. You thought life was going to be easy, and it's turned out to be really hard. And the thing I'm reminded of this Christmas is once we re are reminded of and understand the gift that we've been given in Jesus, then our relationship with him doesn't dwindle, dwindle but continues to increase with greater affection, greater joy, greater peace, greater endurance, and greater steadfastness. And this is why. He says right here in the beginning of verse 6, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. To us a child is born. This is not just any old child. He's saying a son is given, and he's not simply making this promise that it's going to be a boy. The point is that this child is a son, but whose son is he? It's God's son, and it's, this son is given to us, meaning he is a gift to us. If you even go to John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave as a gift. He gave his one and only son. Jesus is the gift, not just the things that he gives us. Jesus himself is the gift that we celebrate on Christmas. That God himself recognized that we were broken, that we were stuck in shame, guilt, and condemnation. Jesus was the answer to that problem. That God himself saw that there was nothing that we could do to break or to, to mend the broken relationship that we have with himself. That there was nothing that we could do to pay the penalty for our sin. So God said, I'll take care of the problem for you. I'll send a gift. That gift being my very own son that I'm going to give to you. The one who is going to rescue you. The one who is going to free you from sin. The one who is going to pay the penalty for your sin. And Jesus is in fact the gift. In John 3, 16, right? So God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And here is one of the primary reasons why I think oftentimes Jesus can be exciting at first and lose its, his luster after time. Is when we think that following Jesus is simply so that we don't go to hell. Now don't get me wrong. It is a joy and a celebration and a gift that we celebrate on Christmas that God sent his son to pay the penalty for us so that we don't go to hell if we receive that gift. If we repent of sin and we receive the forgiveness of our sin. That's incredible. And yes, it's true that we will receive eternal life, that we will be with him forever and ever. But the good news of the gift of Jesus Christ for eternities, it says in John 17, 3, that this is eternal life, that you would know him, the, the one true God and his son, Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. 
What we celebrate at Christmas time is this gift that God has given, is he's given himself. Like, that's crazy. Like, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who gives you the ability to breathe, the one who has given you the gift of another day, the one who sustains you, the one who provides for you, the one who has formed the heaven and the earth and the stars, the moon and sun, that God who is over all things and the supreme being, he has provided a way so that you get to know him intimately and personally. He invites us into relationship with himself. And yes, it's true. In that relationship, there is such blessing. In that relationship, he describes himself in incredible ways, right? Like that he is a wonderful counselor. I mean, like he gives us guidance and he gives us peace and he gives us, uh, he comes alongside of us in the midst of our grief. He's almighty God, meaning he's, he's powerful. He's Lord of all. He's everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. And yes, it's true, some of you, especially this Christmas, there's incredible chaos in your heart and in your life, and it is true that Jesus is the one that can give true peace, but he doesn't give true peace apart from himself. It's because he is peace. And this Christmas may be a simple reminder that we get to have a relationship with Jesus himself. That he's not like those other gifts that we receive that are cool and a flash and a pan in a moment. It's not like that dog, which is really exciting, but after three weeks of taking him out to go to the bathroom and he's peed on the carpet one more time, you're like, I'm done with you, right? Jesus isn't like that. Even as a Cubs fan. Like, it is so ecstatic, right, when the Cubs win the World Series. We're two months away and I was like, it's cool, but it's not life-changing. But we celebrate this morning the gift of God himself coming as a man, providing a way for us to receive forgiveness of sins, to pave the way to rescue us back from separation from him so that we can know him both now and to eternity. So this morning, my, my uh, simple uh, call, my simple hope for you this morning is that we would receive Jesus for who he is. God of the universe, savior of the world, King of kings and Lord of lords. Some of you have run away and the Lord is calling you back. That we would simply come back to Jesus as the gift that satisfies all of our needs because we get to be connected with him. Let's pray. God, thanks for sending Jesus. That the, the gift, God, that human history waited for for so long finally came in Jesus. Thank you, God, that you do not give as the world gives that is temporary, that is fickle, that is conditional. We thank you, God, that you give in a way that is different, God, that you give us when we don't deserve it, that you give us a gift that you're not going to take back from us. So we thank you for the gift of Jesus. We thank you that uh, coming to him, there is peace. Coming to him, there is joy. Coming to him, there is provision. Coming to him, there is life. So I just pray for my brothers and sisters here this morning who are experiencing chaos, experiencing death, experience weariness and burden, God, that you would invite them back to yourself and they would come to you, that they would know you, God, that they would experience the depth of intimacy and relationship with you, God, that you offer. God, we repent of those times we're trying to 
chase after you just for the things that you can give us. We do thank you for the blessings you pour out. But God, we thank you that you are enough. And we recognize that you are the gift that we seek. So we thank you, God, for doing what we could never do on our own and sending Jesus for us to do those things. We pray these things in Jesus' glorious name.